I'm Abby. And I'm Allie. And it's About About Time time for True Crime. Hi. Hi. Hey. How are you? Oh, you know. Oh, you know. Oh, you know. Ooh, the Midwest is coming out in you. Oh, don't you know? Oh, don't you know? So, how was your week, everyone? How did you do? Does that smelly coworker still sit right by you? Mine is literally looking at me, and it's making me very uncomfortable. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I smell good, damn it. Hell yeah. Anywho, my week's been good. My week's been low key, actually. We it's love a low key week. I know. Allie and I did a girls' weekend this weekend. That was so good. We watched silly PowerPoints and then we went out to brunch and got plants. So what else could you ask we for? We didn't really, we didn't watch silly PowerPoints. We fucking delivered. Yes. We presented yes. silly PowerPoints. Yours were so good. Thank you. You had me cry laughing. Hells yeah. And Sam too. <laughs> Hells yeah. I sent Sam some of the pictures of them and they were like, oh my God. I, so, because you guys, I know you're all wondering, um, no one gives a shit, but I'll tell you anyway. Uh, <laughs> we did PowerPoints with a group of friends and mine was about all of them. So I did them as, and then fill in the blank. Like categories. Yeah. Yes. And <laughs> for Abby, I did what she'd be as a dog and she's definitely the golden retriever friend um and like all of the reasons why on each of the things and then i did the um <laughs> i did senior class superlatives yes they'd get <laughs> if they ever actually gave superlatives for these things and abby's was setting the record number of times starting a question with oh i'm so sorry to cut you off um ex- i just had a question um <laughs> and yep. then just like jumping like all nervous to be like um i actually so uh i'm so sorry to interrupt you actually if you wanted to run me over with a bulldozer that'd be totally fine i'm free afterwards um but i just i was curious um what uh-huh. <laughs> can you explain i'm so sorry if you've already repeated this but i was just wondering if you could hit me yeah <laughs> like so we just we had it a lot of good. fun and um mine was <laughs> good just a list of my grievances i don't yes. complain a lot but I try to make it a point that I don't really complain a lot. So I just wanted a funny complaint session. Which was hilarious. It was good. It had a lot to do with people being assholes to other people for no actual discernible reason. Correct. And also just the horrors of having to exist, like drinking water and making dinner. So. Yeah. It what was a, funnier when we were all uh, slap happy and overtired, but Correct. it was good. <laughs> a few bottles of wine were... Put, put away had, which is wild because we are not drinkers and i don't think anyone really woke up hungover which is no amazing truly i never drink because one drink in me is woo and then no nights yeah so that's my which i'm i'm lucky i'm not like a cry drunk i'm yeah. not an angry drunk i am happy silly go lucky and then i Same. am sleepy lights out my roommate and i have a funny trend where every time we both are drinking and it's like a party or a get together we just end up like a little tipsy cheek to cheek watching instagram videos like yeah (laughs) and then we fall asleep that's all you need right what else is there it is healing but anyway that was our week that was good i don't think i have much to share with you guys normally i feel like lately we've had a lot of news yeah no i think between all the gypsy rose stuff and then just my crazy stupid day that week but crazy stupid day yeah no i think we can get into it i'm really excited for today's because you keep telling me little 
freaking hints and I can't figure it out. The only hint Abby has gotten is uh, what I will share with you guys because that's what the name of the episode will be. It is the yep. vampire rapist. So that is all that Mrs. Abel Dabbleson knows. Please. Mrs. I'm Abby. Yeah. Mrs. Abel Dabbleson is my mother. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so yeah, I say. Let's hit the road. Yeah, let's jump into it. So, skippers, cool. stop skipping. Woohoo! Pod's Podca- on. Podcast is on. Hi, hello, and welcome back to your favorite true crime Aww. podcast. Wow. You shouldn't have. What an honor. Thanks for hanging out with us in our little corner of the true crime world. We love having you. I do have to, again, issue another warning. I'm sorry. The cases I've been diving into are challenging. Not that any of the ones that we talk about aren't, but some of these, the details available, the experience of those involved and impacted are so much more. I don't know. They they hit you in a different way. Yeah. And so I'm hitting you with another one. Yay. So the warnings for today's case, rape, kidnapping, bloodletting, kink play, BDSM, violence, murder, all of it. Oh my. I know. So, if that isn't for you, that's okay. Skip ahead. Uh, But, again, today we are talking about the vampire rapist. Okay. So, we're going to kind of bounce around here and you'll see why. But I'll let you know when we're leaving a pin and when we're taking one out. Okay. November 22nd, 1985. Ooh, okay. Young woman, handcuffed at the wrists and ankles, stumbled up the side of a dirt road in Malabar, Florida. Ooh, okay. At times, she even had to crawl. She was wearing only a towel. Mm -hmm. Cars passed her and she tried to flag them down, but many either didn't see her or would not dare to stop because she was a pretty terrifying sight. Yeah. Then one car passed her but turned around. And initially, she was petrified. She didn't know if whoever it was in this car was the one who had harmed her, who had kidnapped her and held her captive. But thankfully, when she did see the driver, it was just a kind but concerned man who approached her and not the person that actually did harm. Okay. So he asked her if those handcuffs were real because when you see, I mean, why are you handcuffed? Yeah. Are you okay? What's going on? Because he kind of looked at her and was like, is this a joke? Like, it's not Halloween, but it kind of just was. And why are you like that? And like is this real are you kidding and she just stared at him blankly and he kind of put it together like okay something is not right here and he said do you need help and she just all she could croak out was like a whisper and she said yes she said i was held captive but i got away he helped get her into his car because she was very weak and she was struggling to move Mm. she was shaking dizzy and lightheaded and she was not steady on her feet so he drove her to his house. He didn't know what else to do. He left her in the car. She was, again, shackled, terrified, traumatized. And he ran in his house to get his wife. Okay. It was 1030 in the morning. And when his wife saw her, her heart broke. She was like, what happened to this poor girl? Aww. And she just said, it's okay. You're safe with us. You're okay now. This young woman was 19-year-old Laura. She was exhausted, but she was alive. She had survived unimaginable horrors the previous 21 hours. And she went on to tell this husband and wife exactly what happened to her. 
Oh, gosh. Okay. So we're going to put a pin there. Oh, my gosh. We're not going to leave her there long. I don't want to leave her either. But we need some backstory and we're going to switch gears to John Brennan Crutchley. I'm going to say I don't like him already. You would be right. Fucker. John Brennan Crutchley was born October 1st, 1946 in West Virginia. His dad, mama. <laughs> his dad had moved here from England after World War II, mm. and his dad started working for a gas company and supported the family. I could feel that in the name. Crutchley. Yeah. It's very... And what? What is British. it? British. John Brennan Crutchley. It just feels... It feels British. It feels like it should be served with like... Tea and crumpets. Yeah. Or, or like one of those minced pies. Ooh. Yeah. Yum. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Well, I think it's cool. Uh, he's a piece of shit. So. Yeah. 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 <laughs> John's parents had been married a while. They actually had older children before he was born in 1946. He had a sister named Donna who was 15 years older than him. Okay. But she died the year before he was born oh so she was 15 when she died and then they had him right after. a year later so he never met her and her death is kind of a mystery some reports state that she died during a surgery to remove something from her bladder other reports state that john grew up believing his sister died from wounds caused from masturbating which is huh saying a lot in very few words yeah it is that it is um I, I'm going to leave that there. Sure. Ultimately, really, I don't know because sources differ so much. It seems likely that it was during some kind of medical procedure. Yeah. Not really sure what the root of that was, but ultimately she did pass away. Her parents were devastated. John had a brother who was older and I, it could be that he had those two older siblings she had died and then it was just the brother that was left i'm not sure but then there were siblings younger than him as well okay so we had a brother 11 years older than him but then he also had a little sister who was five years younger than him her name was carolyn oh and carolyn recalled later later that john had told her that their mom resented him because when she found out she was pregnant after donna had died she wanted a girl Ah. She wanted essentially to replace the daughter that she had lost. And instead she had John and she was upset. But okay. then when Carolyn was born five years later, her wish kind of came true. Right. John alleged that his mom raised him as a girl the first few years of his life, making him wear dresses and other clothing that he didn't want to wear. But okay. it fit him into this box that his mom had pretty much longed for yeah and this made him angry even just as a little kid and he was humiliated because it was not how the other kids dress it's not how he wanted to dress it wasn't what he wanted to wear this is just how he was kind of forced to assimilate well and it's no judgment on parenting skills like i think everybody's entitled to raise their kids how they want to but I can imagine as a kid, it's very frustrating to have to wear things that you don't want to, regardless of what that looks like. Yeah. And like for him, he was just like, I don't want to wear a dress. Yeah. And then when Carolyn was born and she had the daughter, that's where that stopped. So it was like the mom's attention sort of like switched to Carolyn. Okay. She's like, oh, yes, I have my daughter. And now you are of no use to me. And grief. According to him. 
Grief is such a wild thing. Well, it's it's horrible. And it's awful that a child would be subjected to pretty much being told that they're either unwanted or inadequate as they are. Especially just for something as minor as your sex at birth. But it does not excuse the actions of the adult. But we'll talk more about that later. Right. John claims that his childhood was abusive and that he was subjected to physical punishment, which I'm not going to say that I don't believe him because I think also that can be indicative of where he is today, having been subjected to those things. However, that time frame Mm -hmm. in the 40s, 50s, it was not uncommon for a backhand to be the response you got to a comment rather than a stern conversation with a parent. Right. So was it more so a sign of the times? It could have been. That doesn't make, I'm not saying it makes it okay, but I'm saying, was it the kind of like severe beatings you would think of at that time? Or was it pretty commonplace? Right. It's got to be an interesting mix of the individual and society. And he claims that his childhood was loveless, that there was no affection or adoration, just yelling and abuse. And sometimes he'd get beat with a belt that would knock him out. Yeah, that's not, that's not okay. Not great. Nope. Or like burning his fingers, I think like on a curling iron or something. Again, his reports. Right. Other people in the home say this didn't happen. Okay. When he was a kid, the family moved from West Virginia to Pennsylvania And then John entered the public school system there. As he grew into his teen years, though, he was a loner. He did not have friends. And in his free time, he was just sort of getting in trouble. He was angry and withdrawn. And not only in the way that's due to hormone changes in puberty, he was, it was a step further than that. And in his teen years, he said that he didn't know how to talk to girls, even though he really wanted to. But he just felt inept. Well, I think that's a pretty common experience for people when they start getting feelings for people. But also, you know, your teenage years are definitely the time when a lot of mental illnesses start to present if you have them. Oh, yeah. And that they did. His mom, her name is Mildred. Okay, She Millie. said that the stories he wound about his childhood were false. All of this. Okay abuse he spoke of now would that also kind of fit in check for somebody who did subject that to say yeah. he's lying yes so the truth is probably somewhere in between i was gonna say or ask if there were any other comments on from other family members but right it's very he said she said at the moment yes yeah but she did say that he's just looking for attention Because at this point, when he's revealing all of these things, he is incarcerated. Yeah. So she's like, well, he's got stories to tell and you'll listen to them and he's bored. He needs attention. He's, he got caught. He's himself. Yeah. But we see this theme repeat itself over and over again when we talk about serial killers, right? It seems like almost every male killer, especially those sexually deviant ones, has had some kind of strained, abusive or otherwise inappropriate relationship with their mom. Yeah. Mommy issues. Like, to rattle these off. Ted Bundy. Shameless plug. You can check out our series on this. I'm biased. I think Abby did an incredible job. Oh, thanks. Ted had 
negative view of his mom because he he was born out of wedlock and he didn't know his bio dad and was raised with his mom as her brother and not her son and then this is believed to be kind of what kick-started his really awful view of women and yep you know really great while he was a <clears throat> serial killer and then there's ed gein he had a really disgusting relationship with his mom and he could not recover after she died that he began grave robbing in an attempt to build another woman that could be with him like his mom was oh and the way he preserved the room that was hers he never left that house he's the one that made the nipple belt if you didn't know now you know and then there's jerry brudos another shameless plug we have a two-part series on him that i worked oh so hard on so give ali did a very good job well thank you but if you haven't listened to it please do jerry was made to wear dresses he was subjected to physical and emotional abuse by his mom then he began his sexual obsession with women's shoes and also hate hatred of women but like hatred of his mom but like this lust and this Well, that's because she fed it and then she set them on fire but yeah (laughs) correct serial killer okay then we have henry lee lucas he had an abusive relationship with the mom with his mom and then he literally beat her to death and then gary ridgeway abusive mom who was both inappropriate and abusive she insisted on bathing him after he experienced wet dreams and this like went into his teen years right we've talked about that um and these are just the ones off the top of my head this wasn't like i needed to research this this was like let's just think back shall we right all of that to say an angry young boy who suffers abuse from his mom seems fairly likely to have a strained and unhealthy relationship with women of course that isn't always the case and not every man who had a shitty mom ends up being a shitty guy but in these cases i think we can agree it's alarming but back to john john did not have friends he preferred to play with electronics over spending time with kids his age and though it's unclear to me if that's because other kids just wanted to stay the hell away from him or not i don't know but he was a bit of a loner in school though He did excellent when it came to math and physics, but he did terribly in every other class. Okay. So he's a very logical, like, right brain thinker. At the same time, though, it was that he didn't care about those other classes, so he didn't apply himself, and then he failed. I think if he had applied himself to every subject equally, he would have done excellent. Yeah. But because of this, he failed some classes, had to do some remedial schooling, and then he graduated. John married a woman named Maud in 1969. Maud? Maud. But by the time he graduated from Defiance College in Ohio in the early 70s, that marriage had essentially deteriorated. Oh, guy. It was good for Maud. She said that he was sexually violent. Oh, gosh. He liked to strangle her during sex, so much so that at times she blacked out altogether. Oh, He had to start a fight with her to have sex with her because if he wasn't angry and violent, then he just wasn't aroused. Mm. He provided financially, though. He was a successful engineer who actually could hold his own socially at work. Okay. I mean, he... It was all IT and engineer nerds. And we... I mean, we love nerds here, not this one. We do. But he ended up being able to figure out how to socialize... Right. ...in the right circles for him. But the pornography that he was into was violent. His fantasies and tendencies were violent. And Maude was like 
completely caught off guard by this. This was not something that she had anticipated and not necessarily something that she consented to throughout her life and throughout their marriage. So he is young here and this is what we're seeing. Well, and we are here at ATFTC. We only yuck the yums that are like rapey and pedophilic. Oh, correct. We're going to get into that. Don't worry. But also, like, this isn't to yuck anybody's yum. If you're into that, you just have to do it consensually and safely. Well, that's the thing is that she wasn't game. If she's game, then who gives a shit? Right. You guys both want to do that. Have at it, kids. But if you don't, that's assault. That's a problem. Yeah. He left Ohio. He also left his job at GM, which was pretty good. And he left his wife because they got divorced. And he moved to Indiana. Starting over. Yes. Um, And he started working. He kind of, it was like the equivalent of like a promotion essentially, but he started working for Delco Electronics. Okay. But he only transferred there and left Ohio from Indiana after staff at the previous work believed he was the culprit behind several thefts in the area. Huh. Mm. Mm. His resume was a good one though. On paper, this guy was a smart dude yeah knew his stuff and was not afraid of hard work and in that arena he did very well he earned his master's degree in engineering from george washington university okay throughout his career he had earned top security clearance and worked for agencies contracted with nasa and the department of defense and other like higher white house committees right so he had access to classified information which was i mean it's that even today that's a big deal right They trusted this guy. Yeah. By day, he was this successful engineer moving up in every company that he worked for. But by night, he slinked around BDSM clubs. And again, I'm not yucking anyone's yum. If that's your bag, you go, girl. But this asshole was not into the consensual kind of BDSM. Yeah. He had girlfriends outside of his marriage, but that's kind of small potatoes compared to what he did. He practiced bondage and BDSM with these women. He took photos of them bound. Some of them even had his hand choking them in the photos. He kept records of his own stuff. And I don't know what it is with so many of these offenders and like a Polaroid. Honestly, I feel like it has to spark some kind of memory of that dominance. It, it's got to, it's but really nauseating to think about because it's like, I don't know. Use your memory. Uh, do we have to solidify this in time and space for these women? I'd rather not. But uh. a lot of them, the women that he had been involved with, and well, and men too, although I only saw reports of women coming forward and sharing this, but he really had sex with everybody. He mm. kept a log, and we'll talk about it. From a bisexual, sounds like he was a trisexual. <laughs> Try anything once, twice if you like it. Oh my god. <laughs> I like that. But he would choke them to the point of passing out. Ugh. And so these women would wake up dazed and sort of confused and what just happened and he was more than enjoying himself Ugh. at the thought that he did that to them. Icky, icky, icky. He was violent. And many of them said that while they agreed to an extent of this play, that they were game- to a point, he always took it further than was consensual. And to me, that's not BDSM because uh, as someone who does not participate, but believes that you should be able to do whatever the fuck you want to in your bedroom, um, 
from the outside looking in, it seems like that's a culture of both or all parties, depending on how many, consenting to and wanting to participate to the extent that's talked about. Like, this is something that everyone is game for. What are you comfortable with? That can change at any time. And then you, you can verbalize those things. And that's where that ends. But this is not how John functioned. And so... He was into like the idea of those things, but he took it to an extreme, very literal way. In the 70s, also in the 70s, everything with him seems is in the 70s. He met a woman who was a nurse. Okay. Which sounds like a pro-social connection for him to have, right? Yeah. Except she was into some shit. Okay. She was into some shit. Yeah. I was worried you were going to say that. She was like, have you ever heard of bloodletting oh go 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 i don't even know what that is Mm -hmm. but mm, i wouldn't introduce it to this man so that is really just the the act of taking blood from somebody and so she showed him you know because she's a nurse uh how to find the vein and and how to put the needle in and how to hook up like the the medical tubing Uh. And how girl. to get a good, you know, how to girl. wrap the thing around so the vein pops. Oh, like girl. she showed him how to do all that, and then to take, it, to take it further, she was like, "What do you know about ritualistic and sacrificial blood shit?" And he was like, "I don't know, but I'm down to learn." I thought he'd say that. Yeah, too. he wasn't like, "Oh no, too far, too far." He was like, "I'm game. Let's do it. Cool, oh, cool, 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 this cool." Is new. Yeah. New so, release by my favorite artist. <laughs> then he combined all of these things that he was into. So he included this, and I'm going to say quote unquote BDSM, violent, non-consensual, or pushing, <laughs> yeah, pushing the lines of consent, which to me, if it's not a yes, then it is a no. Uh, he was into asphyxiation. He wanted to choke you out. Whether that was like with his hand or using a rope to choke you, Ooh. he was down no but then like this blood play was introduced and this he was like ah yes this was it this was the missing piece this is what he wanted to do yeah and so she talked to him also about not not the benefits like health benefits but like (laughs) the sacrificial benefits and symbolism behind drinking the blood and he was like that's cool i'll do that too okay and so we did that as well and so there was just a lot going on there so i'm seeing i'm seeing the vampire half of this emerge yes in the mid 70s fucking guy he's busy he's has time for this shit busy uh he met a woman named karen okay and uh he married her okay and she was more into his sexual desires than his first wife progress so she she was down like they um partner swapped they would like they were both into group sex they would do any of that but she did not like that's where it ended for her she did not believe that he was capable of wrongdoing okay this was something that they were game to do together well hey this sounds like legit bdsm yeah because it's not rapey what consensual yeah um but just wait so <sighs> they moved to Fairfax County, Virginia, okay. where he got a new job working near DC. Again, great employee. Guy shows up, fucking punches out on time, takes his 15 minutes, b- 
But like, don't look in his desk drawers, you know? Yeah. And don't search the company phone you gave One him. of those. Yeah. Like yeah. one of those. Um, but when he didn't have his work hat on, he was still into some shit and like kinky shit. You can leave your hat on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was game for anything and he would try anything once or as you said even twice he experimented with drugs now so he introduced drugs into the group sex scene with men and women and partners swapping and then bondage and bdsm and then choking but then also the blood play and so it it just it all it was like snowball onto snowball onto snowball and now you have this huge ass fucking snowball and now listen I know he's not going to listen to me, but maybe let's not mix things that impair your judgment and potentially fatal actions and sex. Yeah, he don't care, though. Yeah, but I do. Correct. <laughs> Is that... Who am I? Ollie. I know he's been hanging. I didn't know that. Mr. Man's... And by that, I do mean Ali's cat. Ollie has been hanging with us. I just touched him with my little toe when I was like, oh, hey, bud. I know I did earlier and I felt him move and I was like, ooh. <laughs> Sorry. Um, anyway, though, in 1983, they left Fairfax County, Virginia and suspiciously also left behind a lot of open murder investigations of women that could later be linked to John. Oh. And he, his wife and his now two-year-old son. What? Moved to Malabar, Florida. And this where? is where? Malabar. I thought you said barf. Okay. Well, ma'am. <laughs> Malabar, Florida. I was no. like, is that just like a feeling or? <laughs> no, Malabar, Florida. Got it. Okay, I'm back. Which is very beautiful, like ocean side. It's very, yeah. yes. Uh, and he actually got a job working for the Harris Corporation in Palm Bay. And they did a lot of work with NASA. Oh, Okay. Which was, again, he still got to maintain his security clearance. He was a great candidate for this. High-end status. He also got to run away from crimes that I believe he's responsible for. So this all really worked out for him. Yeah. So all along, as I've been telling you these things, what John was doing behind the scenes was keeping a log. Mm. And this log was really like index cards, like flashcards, something that might seem innocent, except it wasn't because on his flashcards, it wasn't the quiz question and then the answer on the back. It was the names of the people he'd had sex with, the rating he gave them what for their services, performance, performance, um, key words and things about them. And like where they were, you know, just like little, little tidbits that you or I could probably take a peek at and not know what it was, but, but he could decode it himself. He knew what he meant. Right. This was this one. This is how I remember her. This is what we did. You know, all of these things. Yes. That's so disgusting. He also would have their astrological sign on there. Up an astrology girly. Yes. He got very into that. We'll talk a little bit about that. Wild. Later. So, Let me guess. Something was in retrograde this whole time, and that's why he did it all. It was in Gatorade. Okay? Oh, okay. My bad. Back my off. bad. Um, was the, it like blue ice? No, your or? shit. <laughs> no, it was the red one. The red one's the best. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, ma'am. Okay. I will yuck that yum. That's gross. So rude. More <laughs> for me. 
more for me. But this is where our stories merge. Okay. Okay. So we've got Laura from the beginning. Yes. We've got John, who I've just told you way too much about. Yeah. We're going to get into, we're going to meet Laura again. Okay. Hey girl. Hey, been a minute. But I want to preface this by saying that the name Laura Murphy, which is what some sources name her as, might not actually be her real name. Some sources either don't name her at all. Others use a different only first name and others use this so i'm going to call her laura but i'm not going to be searching for photos of her i'm not going to be providing photos of her and the reason for that is i don't see that she was particularly vocal after this and if she wanted to be found and known she would have done that so i'm going to leave her there we're only going to call her laura got it but what she experienced is not only horrific but also her resilience is the reason he was stopped in the first place. Oh, amazing. Okay. So I wish her health and happiness and the best of everything, but I'm going to leave her. Right. If currently, she wants to be left alone, we're going to leave her the fuck alone. But Laura was actually not from Florida, okay. even though this is where she was found. She was from California. Holy but she had traveled to Florida to spend time with a long distance boyfriend. Okay. And I'm unclear if she already had friends in the area or if she made them while she was visiting, but she did have this little network of people around her and not just this boyfriend. Okay. But when she went to see the boyfriend and stay with him, she was immediately turned off by him. She was innocent. She wanted to be in love rather than lusted after. And she was put off by this immediate desire to just bang like she got got there and he was like tugging at her shirt great let's go and she's like don't you want to talk like you know and he was not game for that thanks for asking yeah and she she was not down for this she was a virgin okay she was not ready to take it to that step right and so she kind of cut it off with him good for her that's hard So on November 21st, 1985, around 1 p.m., she went for a walk. She planned on meeting up with some of the friends again, whether she knew them before or if she'd met them while she was there. She was just going to say goodbye because she had a flight home in the morning. Oh. And if you live in Florida or you've ever been, you know that one minute it can be bright and sunny and then the next it is a torrential downpour. And sometimes there's 30 seconds in between, maybe. Yep. Yeah. And as Laura was walking... She saw that a storm was coming. So she turned she So she turned and started heading in a different direction. Right. She planned on stopping at a store on her way to a friend's house. Uh but again, she kind of saw that it was about to start raining and so this light-colored car pulled up next to her and offered her a ride. And she wasn't going that far. Oh. She wasn't really far from where she was headed anyway. And when she asked where he was going, he was going in that same direction. And so, you know, she's like, okay. And he was average looking. He was very well dressed. He was in like a sports coat and a tie. He was clean shaven. His hair was done. Mm -hmm. He was just average looking, seemed, appeared to be in his thirties. Okay. And she said, yeah, sure. She figured why not? And she got in the car. I have a reason. Again, he said he was headed in the same direction to go to his office and would bring her where she needed to go. She said that she was going to Melbourne, Florida, and he said that he would get her there. He just needed to stop at his house because he had to grab something, and he lived in Malabar, which 
Um, according to my handy dandy Google Maps, these are only like five-ish miles from each other. So this is not like a red flag. You're not taking off in the opposite direction. If he's saying, I got to stop right here and it's five minutes. Yeah, away. it's like three miles. Yeah, but if you have to stop right there because it's five minutes away, then go after She's accepting the, but you I see know, what I mean. I this know. is what's going. He looks he and it's does rich appear coming from me, ma'am. Who two weeks ago drove into a fucking city with a stranger? I get that, mm-hmm. um, but that's why I get that. I'm on alert. <laughs> okay, um, I was getting texts from you saying, "Hey, I'm in the, this car with." But anyway, <laughs> yes, he was dressed as if he was going to an office job. Right, it, what he said seemed to check out. Yeah. He had to swing by his house, do that real quick and kind of get on your way and things are fine. Right. I can see why she did. Like, it's not to say that I don't. I get it. But (sighs) and if you haven't put the pieces together yet. I'm kidding. I know you have. You know that this driver is John Brennan Crutchley. Yeah. This very same John we were talking about before. John, with Laura in the car, pulled down a dirt road and up a driveway to a red house. Okay. This red house was his house. It was nice on the outside. The property was nice and well kept. This home did not look freaky, creepy, or like it would be the scene of the next horrific 21 hours of her life. And so she just figured, okay. He went inside. He said he was looking for a notebook or a folder for work, and he said... Do you want to come in and have a drink or like, are you thirsty or anything? And she said, nope, my friends are waiting on me. I'm just, I'll hang out here. Okay. I don't know if at this time she had this feeling about him or she was just like, nope, innocent, going to stay in the gonna car. going to be a few minutes. All right. I'll He's going to grab yeah. his stuff. I'm not going to go into his home. You know, that's weird. Yeah. I'm just going to hang out here. So she politely declined and he said, okay. And he came back outside and kind of said, it must already be in the car. I don't. I couldn't find it because he, he came out empty handed. And so he goes into the back passenger seat and he's like rummaging through some things in the back. And then Laura's seat flew forward and her head bounced off the front dash and oh a rope was gosh. tied around her neck. Oh, my gosh. She was pulled out of the car pretty much by her neck and the world went black. Oh, Laura. When she woke up. Warning here. Yeah. When she woke up, her hands were bound above her head. Oh. She was laid out on the countertop of his kitchen. Oh, gosh. Each leg was bound apart. She begged him to let her go. Oh, baby girl. And then she noticed a video camera aimed at them and realized that he was recording what he was going to do to her. And this piece of shit toyed with her and asked her if it was okay if he could take her pants off and then he did it anyway he raped her he strangled her to the point of near blackout with a rope around her neck and then he put tape over her eyes and she felt a sting in her arm and realized it was a needle and she thought that he was drugging her yeah because what else else would you think but then she realized that she was able to peek out from beneath the tape and that he wasn't taking the needle out and he wasn't actually putting anything into her. He was taking something out of her. Oh my God. He had stuck her with a needle and was taking blood and he had wrapped the 
medical tubing around and it emptied into a jar basically and she asked him what he was doing and he said i'm drinking your blood i'm a vampire and she watched him drink her blood and like slurp it essentially like from like hosing and he smiled at her with her blood in his teeth hey siri play vampire by olivia rodrigo what the fuck (laughs) (sighs) and then she passed out oh i mm. he stored her in the bathtub and told her that if she made a noise he and his brother who was coming over would kill her so she didn't make a sound oh afterwards he repeated the process oh god he assaulted her he strangled her he drank her blood but he had grown frustrated because he was draining her blood faster than he could drink it and once he got behind and it sat for a little bit it started to cool off and coagulate as blood does and he couldn't drink coagulated blood so he tried to be better at storing it and laughed and said he would just start drinking faster um, there are a lot of things that I consider to be like French fries and that they are good only when they're hot. I never thought that this would be added to the list. Um, nor do I ever intend on finding out, but that is disgusting. Yes. And also, um, I hate to offer a practical solution here, but have you just considered not for like a while? I think we're not talking about practicality here or even like morality or, or sanity or logic ethics or any of it well but that's but that's how i work you know (laughs) as most of us do oh i hate him i hate him so much he moved her into his bedroom where he again just repeated the process fucking guy he assaulted her he strangled her he drank her blood the next morning he put her back in the bathtub after he had repeated this process again Mm. and he told her if she made a noise his brother would come in and kill her that he was over again but after he left her in the bathroom and he closed the door and locked it she heard a car door outside Mm. and she didn't hear anyone else in the house and she put it together that he must have left yeah that the car door was him taking off not someone getting there right So she started thinking that this might be her only chance to get out. Oh. She tried the bathroom door, but she couldn't get it open. It was locked from the outside and she was so weak. There was no way she was going to be able to like bust that door down basically. But there was a window in the bathroom. Queen. Okay. The locks on the inside were locked, so she undid those, and luckily, thankfully, the outer locks were broken. It wasn't that they were left unlocked, it's just that they didn't work. Okay. Which likely saved her life. Yeah. Because she was able to open the window. She probably would have been too weak to break the window to get out. Right. And if she had gotten a cut and risked more blood loss... It probably probably would have resulted in her death as well. But she was still handcuffed. She was still shackled and she was still naked. So she grabbed a towel to cover herself with and she pushed herself through the window. And if you've been an avid listener, you know that I do this with every case I talk about. Even if I don't work it into every episode. 
but I take a moment or several to put myself in the shoes of the people we're talking about. It isn't enough to just talk about what they experience objectively. You have to listen with everything you've got. We try to learn as best we can what happened and we try to be best equipped should we ever have a similar experience and what we should do or not do. What she experienced was a universal fear among women. She was 19. She wasn't a local. She was visiting a boyfriend that she had ended it with because he wanted to get physical and she wasn't ready. John Brennan Crutchley took her virginity. He took something that meant something to her that she was holding on to because she didn't want to just share it with anybody. And it's the 80s. There's no cell phones. Friends and family aren't noticing that she isn't answering texts. She doesn't have her location shared or use Life360. She isn't on Snap Maps and she's not tagging her location on Facebook. No one knew anything was wrong. Right. No one knew she was literally taken. And she didn't know the area. She was just saying goodbye to the little circle of friends that she'd had. And she had to catch her flight the next morning. And of course, she missed that flight. Oh. A storm was on its way and John offered her a ride. He looked normal. He was clean. He dressed nice. He didn't immediately give her the creeps. And he was headed in the direction she was going anyway. So she figured, why not? She accepted a ride from a stranger in a decade when that wasn't cautioned the way that it is today. Right. She was subjected to unimaginable pain and horrors in those 21 hours. Not only the emotional wounds, but physical. Aside from the obvious, she had lost so much blood. Yeah. She was uneasy. She was dizzy, disoriented, and just fuzzy. Well, and your body can't make that much that fast to replenish. And also, I'm not assuming she's being really well nourished here. No. So... That's going to take an extra toll in and of itself. Oh, baby girl. It took everything in her, the very last bit of energy that she possessed to put one foot in front of the other. And I can't, I cannot fathom having to reach into the pits of my energy and willpower reserves to just survive. That determination is the only reason she lived. And that's if I amazing. were if I were her in that moment, I imagine that's inconceivable pain. Yes. That's aches and shooting pains, a terrible headache. I imagine your knees are shaking and your vision is blurry. I literally had two glasses short of water the other day and I like zoned out in the car and it felt like everything was moving. I can't imagine trying to walk like that as a baby. Well, mm. I mean, not as like an infant, but like I'm just a baby. To imagine a woman going through all of this, like literally alone and terrified in a place she doesn't know, filled with the only stranger she met is the one that just did this and an ex-boyfriend. Yeah. And I, amazing. I I think I would be terrified not sure if what I think happened really did. And I think I'd wonder if I was dying. Mm-hmm. I think if the world were moving in slow motion and I'm in that much pain and I'm talking just from blood loss. Yeah. Your body beginning to shut down and we'll talk about that. What that feels like 
and you still have something to do. Like, it's hard enough to just sit there and exist, let alone you've got to move and you've got to go quick. And so she made her way up that road and she choked out pleas at cars as they drove by that someone might help her. And this is when our hero in the truck turned around and picked her up and we revisit the pin we left in the beginning. Can we also just take a like a moment to acknowledge how brave it is to get into another car with another man. Not only that, what I didn't mention before is that when the driver picked her up and they drove down the road, they passed the house. Oh my God. That she was held in and she pointed at it and she said, that's where it happened. And she begged him, don't bring me back there. Please don't bring me back there. And when they got to his house, he left her in the car because he went to grab his wife. Imagine what what must have gone through her head. Oh my god! What happened the last time she accepted a ride from a stranger? Went down that exact road. Agreed to stop at someone's house on the way to where they were going. Yep. He gets out of the car, leaves you in the car alone. Yeah. And then returns. What a fucking fighter! That just happened to her a day before. Holy hell! But this time. He came back with his wife, who, like him, just wanted to help her. Right. But within 24 hours, those two exact same scenarios happened. Yeah. One with an actual devil and the other who was just a decent guy who was like, oh, were you kidding? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No, you're not kidding. Okay, Okay, let's let's go. go. Let's go. Let's go. And I don't know what to do. I need my wife's help. I don't like we got to call an ambulance. I don't I don't know. So they helped her. They showed her kindness and they assured her that she was okay now. Obviously, they called the police and they got her to the hospital. And at the hospital, they determined that she lost 40% of her blood volume. Oh, my gosh. That's nearly half. Yeah. They estimated that if she had just not lost more blood like she likely would have if she were still with John... Because he likely would have taken more. right? But even if she had just stayed even keel and didn't lose more blood, she would die within 12 hours. Because her body was not able to replace it fast enough. So it was life or death. Had the events not happened exactly as they did, and she didn't get medical attention when she... Well, she didn't get herself out of there. Someone stopped and helped her before John drove back down that road and saw her. Right. If all of these events didn't happen as they did, she likely wouldn't be here. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. And let's just talk about what it might feel like to lose 40% of your blood volume, shall we? We shall. After just losing 14%, not 40, 14, one, one four. four. Okay. You start to feel dizzy and lightheaded. This yeah. is like, ooh, woozy, 14%. Not that much, right? 14. Mm-hmm. Um, At 40%. You are ghostly pale. You are clammy and you are freezing. Yeah. You are at risk of hypothermia, actually. Sounds right. Your blood vessels have restricted because at this point your body's like, well, fuck it. I need my organs. I don't necessarily need arms and legs. So Mm -hmm. we'll take blood away from them first and let's keep like the lungs and heart going. Right. Essentially. The vitals. So everything else shrinks up, making it very difficult 
for you to move your arms and your legs. Right. Why? Because it's not the focus your body is taking. And your muscles need oxygen and blood to keep going. Your blood pressure drops. Yeah. But your heart rate skyrockets. Oh, yeah. You're disoriented, very easily confused. It is very challenging to have coherent thoughts mm. and to have like a thought to thought to thought, like linking like linear them. linear process. You're yeah. not able... Your brain is running on fumes. Oh, gosh. And your brain is just trying to keep everything else alive. Mm-hmm. It, I don't give a shit, man. I can't, I'm not doing fucking math here. Yeah, all right? it's like, going back to primal, like, how do we live? How do yes, we live? How do we live? It is survival, survival. You're not really able to think far ahead. You are thinking one step to the next step oh to the next gosh. step. You also are just fatigued and i don't mean like tired like it's a monday morning i mean with everything in you your body wants to stop right you're also dizzy uneasy completely shaky nauseous and maybe even throwing up and a brutal headache you are literally dying that's what it is it's dying slowly slowly shutting down yeah had she not escaped when she did Really, I don't think there was another chance for her. The clock was ticking. Right. And at first, she didn't want to talk to police. I mean, this girl, oh, girl was petrified, but a counselor sat with her and offered her comfort and just said, this is how he doesn't do this again. This is yeah. how we stop him. This is how we get him for what he did to you. Right. And she was like, okay. Okay. But she was alone. She didn't have any family there. She didn't have anyone right. there for her. She's across the country. Yeah. Having literally on the other side. Yeah. Wanting to visit a boyfriend who she was like, you're too handsy. That's not for me. And she crosses paths with an actual vampire rapist. Yeah. She told law enforcement everything. Good. Is the best that she could remember. And what we have, what we know happened is what she can remember. And that is despite the confusion dizziness fatigue passing out trauma responses compartmentalizing that's what she's able to piece back together of what she can recall she was in and out of consciousness essentially the entire time but she was able to describe the house good she could tell what the counter looked like that there was she remembered that there was a video camera set up good well, and, not good, but yeah. Yeah, and the driver who had found her that picked her up was able to say on this road she pointed out this house and said this is where it happened so they could start there. Good. With her report... What a, sorry, what a champ. He's great. He and his wife made all the difference and I hope... They really stuck it out. That That's if somebody awesome. else had, that I would hope it would have gone the exact same way that they would have just gotten her to safety, but mm-hmm. some either... I mean, let's... First of all, it's a dirt road. There's yeah. not that many cars going by. This isn't a main drag where you've got like 20 that you're right. trying to flag down. You might see three. The first one might not even see you. The second one might see you and say, hell no. Yeah. And then the third guy stops and turns around. And for a split second, you go, oh, shit. Is that him? Is that right. the guy? Why are you turning around? Yeah. yeah. Why? You know, you think, oh, God, he's back. Yeah. And then you see that it's not. And he's like, are you serious? And you're like, fucking yes, I'm serious. And you're like, I have no words. But like, you're like, 
yeah she she was like <sighs> choking she couldn't even get words out oh my gosh and that's when he realized oh shit she's serious yeah and helped her but luckily she did speak with the police she gave them everything that she could remember and with that they were at least able to get a search warrant good ironically john's wife karen and their son were out of town huh awfully convenient because it was what thanksgiving this poor girl yep she was visiting family for thanksgiving up in maryland so he had the house to himself and uh they they were going to be out of town for days so this wasn't like an overnight away he was going to have time with laura fucking disgusting they found the video camera yeah but by the time they got to it the recording had been deleted so there was there was no record of what happened i mean obviously imagine being john you get back you're like whistling dropping the keys on the counter like time for a tasty snack you jimmy open the bathroom and it's fucking empty and you go oh shit okay but i do kind of wish i got to see his face oh of course (laughs) i just wish somebody pushed him in the room locked it and then hurt him like i don't know yeah but that's my we're in a civilized world Allie. we can't say that okay Sorry, I have to remind myself I when know. people are this evil. When it's like um, people like this, it's it's hard to remember. Uh, it is. Yes. Um, the things I would oh, do. Yeah. Anyway. So he tried to get rid of anything that would fucking link him to that. Yeah. And also anything else, really, because he's like, oh, they're coming. She knows. How to, you know, yeah. like she, if she's if she's alive and if she told somebody I'm fucked. Yes. So he tried to save himself as best he could and he did delete that video um so there was no evidence of laura on the camera okay which i think is a blessing in disguise yes no one should have to see that he should not have this memory of that and least of all come trial she should not have to fucking watch that video and nobody else should either no nobody there was enough to prove it that wasn't necessary But knowing that this guy was fucked and wanting to understand more, law enforcement reached out to the FBI. Right. One of the lead investigators that was like law enforcement, not on the FBI, had actually recently gone to Quantico and attended a training that was put on by the FBI about sexually deviant killers. Ooh. Specifically, serial killers. And again, this is like brand new terminology. Right. In the world of law enforcement and really crime in general. And the FBI coined this, right? So the lead investigator, the officer, was like, shit, I've seen that. Like, this looks like what I just learned about. Okay. So he put it together and he was like, I need to talk to one specific person. And that one specific person was the Robert Ressler, who was half of the team who gave us the term serial killer and oh who my was um, the older gentleman's character in Mindhunter, if you'll Amazing. watch that. Uh, the other one being John Douglas. So again, they coined this term serial killer. They opened the floodgates to what criminal profiling is today. Yep. They created the fucking blueprint snaps to them and so this guy was like hey i just learned from robert wrestler right um i think we could use his help this seems because this yeah, seems level. pretty much on par 
And the real Robert Ressler provided a profile. Amazing. And among many of the things he got right, which was pretty much all of it, he said that the killer that they were looking for definitely would have done it all before. Yep. And this is not the same way that like the first can the first known victim of Ted Bundy was absolutely not his first victim. This is not where you start. No. This girl is not his first victim. No. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit because there's no doubt that he did more. But the way that they were like, he's organized. He's going to have a good job. He's right. going to have these things. It's in these ways he's that he's be able deviant. To keep it together. Yeah. yeah. He like he can hold his own. He likely is a family. You know, all of these things that you're able to kind of put together when you look right. at organized offenders. Robert Ressler was able to do in the 80s, which is the only reason we're able to do it today. Right. But this is like when this all started. And good on that investigator to say, we need the FBI. I just yeah. went to this. This looks exactly like what I was just learning about. But we're going to need some help with this. Well, and that's awesome because at different points in time, the desire, I guess, to pull in other agencies and agencies like the FBI is not always there with smaller police. So this is great. Right. And sometimes, you know, every little agency or grouping of people wants to thump their own chests and say we're amazing and we've got this and we don't need help and fuck right. that. Um, sometimes they don't cooperate. Sometimes they don't share information that they should. Sometimes it's not about the goal. It's about who gets there. Right. And with this... That wasn't the case. These Florida deputies were like, we're on it. I the FBI that. was like, let's do it. And they worked as a team. That is so fucking great. When they were looking at everything, they kind of had it in the back of their mind. You know, the profile would suggest that this offender. Mm hmm. John Brennan Crutchley, because they're like looking in his shit now, um, would have done this before. And so while they're looking for things related to Laura, they're also looking for things that are related to anything else. Right. And then they find a stack of licenses and other IDs mm. that belonged to women who had gone missing huh. in Florida and also states up north and also some credit cards and some really weird shit. Also, they found the note cards that he kept. Ugh. And so we're kind of going to leave Laura and this investigation here because there are several murders and disappearances that he is linked to that we believe he committed. They're just not confirmed. And I'll be honest with you from the get so that you don't think that right. there's kind of hope at the end of this, that at the end he's linked to all of these. He's not. This is where they stand. Um. Unfortunately, we are all but certain, but he was pretty hell-bent on nobody being able to prove it, and yeah, with the resources at the time, with the technology and science at the time, and really how good he was at getting rid of things and hiding things, yeah, what we've got is what we got. So right now, you know everything he's been officially charged with. Okay. But I'm going to talk about one in specific... like. One instance specifically that, to me, of all of the ones he's linked to, this is the easiest one to prove. Okay. Without it, of course, having been proven. Right. So we're going to talk about Deborah Fitzjohn. Oh, okay. Deborah Fitzjohn was just 25 when she died. 
She grew up in oh. Fairfax, Virginia, okay. which should sound familiar. She had actually bought a condo in Centerville near her grandparents because mm-hmm. she wanted to be close. To, she was very close to their grandparents, especially her grandmother. That's so sweet. And she worked for a uh, Texaco oil company. Um, and that was kind of her day job. But then at night she took classes at George Washington University, uh. which is the same university that John attended for graduate school. Right. So if you remember from all the way back then. And in January of 1978, John and Deborah met and became friends. Okay. Their conversations revealed that they actually had a lot in common. They were both furthering their education. They both had recently gotten divorced. Mm. And they were both into astrology. Huh. Interesting. John's interests leaned more in the camp of astrology meets Satanism and the occult and spooky creepy shit and hers was more just astrology and tarot cards and my horoscope says to drink more water today yeah some spook but she was interested in learning and they were you know i wouldn't say cut from the same cloth but they were (laughs) adjacent yeah like very far like like they could wave at each other you know (laughs) yeah different actual fabrics but similar family yeah yeah like they're both fabrics let's just say (laughs) right so they're both people. They're both, yeah. With, with one commonality. Yes, one okay. thing in common. And they, and, and it's going to sound like this took place over months. I want to remind you, this took place over less than two weeks. Okay, what we're about so to talk fast. about. Okay. So they met. Yep. One day. Okay. Became friends. Cool. All right. Within the first few days, they spent a lot of time together. And they went on a couple of dates. I, w- I wouldn't say that they were, nothing was official. It wasn't like, oh, this is my new boy. They were right. both divorced. They were, you know, it was kind of taking they were it. They feeling it out. Taking it slow, but they went to the same school and they were both sort of, you know, furthering themselves in whatever way. And they had these kind of common interests and they had a lot to talk about. Right. Granted, I think John just had a lot to talk about because he liked to talk. But he, he also. strikes me as that kind of guy. Yes. But he felt comfortable talking to her and they kind of had this little budding friendship slash potential romance. And Deborah told her grandmother about John and that she was hanging out with him and she was having a good time. And then she also said that she stopped hanging out with him and that was because he was weird and she was uncomfortable. Okay. Deborah's doing the right things. So within a few days, she went from, oh, yeah, I'll hang out with him. And she went over his house and like they hung out. And then that went from, that's fun to, I'm not doing that again. Yeah, something happened. Something's wrong. So on January 27th, 1978, Deborah had dinner with her grandmother, Milda, which I think is beautiful. That is such a pretty name. Milda. And after dinner, she left around 6.30. By 7, she was home and John had called her and asked if she wanted to come over and she tried to say no. That she was tired and uh, she didn't really want to. But he said he didn't want to be alone. And I think she felt guilty for some reason and Mm. gave in and said, okay, I'm getting out of the shower. I'll be over in a little bit. Okay. I think she was over by like 730. What we know for sure is that on her way to John's house, his place, she drove by her grandmother's house and waved to her. Oh. And then she was never seen again. Oh. When questioned, John said that she came over, but he was already laying in bed and watching TV. 
And so he kind of fell asleep as she got there. And then he woke up and she was putting on her coat to leave. And so he's like, there was really nothing to, nothing of note. Huh. And like, what kind of idiotic, stupid ass story is that? Anyway, so I called someone because I didn't want to be alone. But then I fell asleep when she got there. And when I woke up, she was still there. But leaving. leaving. (laughs) What the fuck? I wore her down, convinced her to get here for me to fall asleep. And it was so tiring that even I fell asleep. Like it just. But she just watched me the whole time. But what the fuck? They didn't believe him. But what else could they do? Essentially, he didn't deny she came over because it wasn't like, aha, you lied about that. You said you didn't see her. That's not the case. He was like, yeah, she came here. Yeah. She was here quite a few times. We'd hung out. And then she came over that night and then she left. Yeah. And then that was it. I don't know what happened. And he was the last one to see her alive. Right. But you can't make something out of nothing. And to arrest him, you need something. Yeah. But her grandmother was worried immediately because her granddaughter was very responsible and called and checked in and did the things that she needed to do. And when that didn't happen and she hadn't heard from her, she trusted her gut and she was like, something's not right. Good. So she went to Deborah's condo. But Deborah wasn't there. Right. There were no broken windows, though. The door was completely intact. It was law. Like, it was right. how she left it. It was, it was looking normal. There, house. Yeah, there was no sign that anything was wrong. But she's like, she wouldn't just leave. Right. Like, she wouldn't have left her house. You know, she wouldn't have not told us she was going to go. If she was going away, she would have let me know. Right. Her car was then found outside a club, but no one knew how it got there or who drove it there. Mm. so that was kind of weird because that wasn't a place that she was hanging out and no one saw her there because it's like well her car did she come in they're like no and that's where that ended and the grandparents wanted more from law enforcement but law enforcement had nothing to go off of she was a responsible 25 year old if she wanted to leave a couple of days she's well within her right to do that and may have written it off as oversensitive or overprotective grandparents and you know they don't want to loosen the reins and she's an adult and you know all these things and really truthfully what did they have to go off of this is another one of those and I hate to say this phrase because I think we're starting to see scenarios where it's sort of going to the wayside but it's one of those no body no crime things They don't have anything to suggest that she is hurt. They don't have anything to suggest that she is dead. They don't have anything to suggest that anything happened to her other than something she decided to do. She willfully left her own place. She willfully drove somewhere and that's all they know. And I agree. You know, it smells fishy and something's stinking and it's not the ocean. But like there are protocols you have to follow and I don't want to live in a world where police with no evidence can do anything that they want just no. because they have a hunch. And so we shouldn't. it sucks. Right. But I, I get it. But th- it's awful. But yeah. And I, I see both sides. I can see from a law enforcement standpoint, if I were to look at this and say, okay, there's a 25 year old, beautiful young woman. Maybe she didn't want to tell her grandparents she was going to stay with the guy for a couple of days. She'll be home. Right. You know, maybe she's doing this. Maybe she's got that. She's a responsible homeowner. She's working hard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like all of these things. She, it doesn't necessarily point to like this runaway. But even if she wanted to run away, she's 25. She can do that. Yeah. And it's the grandparents coming. for You know, right. it's it's almost like the concerned mom, 
you know, oh, well, they've been, they have, I haven't seen my kid in a half hour. Okay, mm-hmm. well, did you check their room? Yeah. You know, like little things that things can be written off as that sometimes really are nothing. Right. And other times they really are something. And in this case, it was something. Right. But what did you have to go off of? I, I can't Completely. necessarily fault them because where did where would you go? And where would you go in the late 70s? It's not like you yeah. can be like, well, did you call our cell phone? Right. Well, did you call AT&T or did you call T-Mobile? Yeah. And see if you can see where the, you know, like. It's like, oh, was she in the background on a very normal newscast one day? Like. <laughs> yeah. Like she just tagged her location on Facebook. She's out to eat at this place. Yeah. You know, all of these things that we could do today that we might suggest, but they didn't have that then. And I right. think. Any of our listeners under 30, you know, I always like to say that because even I forget I wasn't around in the 70s <laughs> and it's like, oh shit, yeah, my way of growing up was a different way of growing up. Right. It's a different life. You know? And so for her grandparents, they were like, hell no. Right. Something's not right. So they hired a private investigator. Oh, love that. And so this person was hired within a couple of days, mm-hmm. which was great. Um, they didn't think that she was on the run and they knew that she wouldn't go without telling them. So they're like, we need someone to look into this. Whose only focus is this, not this and other cases. This needs to be like the number one thing that this person is looking into. Right. And they did. So the PI found a letter mailed to Deborah from John. Okay. That was sent on February 8th. Oh. And that was just about a week since she was last seen right at the yeah. end of january and the letter said something to the effect of i'm sorry for falling asleep when you came over i don't know you that well but i like you and i know that you want a new job but that's not a reason to leave just like give me a call man i promise i'll uh, i won't call you guy. i won't call you at random times like the other guy does what but, other guy mm-hmm. please Give me a call. Love, John. That's what the letter said, basically. I mean, like, it was long, and he was like, your Sagittarius moon and my oceans and my blue balls over here are... Uh, so like, compatible. Yeah, like, uh. he, he went off, like, he tried to appeal to her, whatever. And this letter was suspicious. Yeah, you don't say. Because... <laughs> it's it, a funny-looking fella. It just seemed like this was a tangible attempt to give himself an alibi he's like well see i told you i was sleeping and then i wrote in my letter to her like look it's corroborated i'm sorry yeah i'm sorry you're mad that i get tired man but it's like really hard like also just just like a man to apologize (laughs) without apologizing to someone he murdered he was like well don't get pissed at me because i fell asleep I guess I'll just never be awake again. But sorry, I fell asleep. Like, no, it's okay. I'll just like I'll never sleep again. But you can sleep. It's fine. It's fine when you do it. No, it's okay. I liked her Instagram picture, but I'll just never have an Instagram again. I'll delete the whole fucking app. I wasn't looking at her tits. Her eyes are pretty. <laughs> fucking guy. Fucking I guy. I hate him. <laughs> so yes, and as do I. Uh, but this was like oh like corroborates my shit even though i'm the only one that's saying it so of course i'm gonna corroborate it yeah that's the like for a man who is so technically smart Mm -hmm. do the math yes this math ain't mathin no it's not mountain okay but here's the thing though right yeah 
the PI met with him. Oh, shit. John agreed to meet with him. And he just played the, like, concerned friend. He's right. like, I didn't know her that long. I I don't know why she'd, like, run away. It didn't seem like that. But I also right. know that she was kind of pissed at me. So I don't really think I'm going to be her first call when she's back. Right. And we weren't close enough that it's a lifelong friendship that she's not going to call and work it out with after. Like, right. two weeks is enough to say, mm, I'm done. Bye. And Mercury was in Gatorade. Right. And, you know, Aquarius. And it was fucking grape flavored. And, like, who's going to stick around in a grape flavor Gatorade? Correct. And, like, when Gemini fucks Pisces, but Scorpio gets mad, like, what am I, you know, man? Uh, Fuck him, okay? So, all of that to say that despite numerous conversations with him, the PI could not get anything tangible. Mm -hmm. He tried to get him to do a polygraph john agreed to it shit and then john didn't show and then the police got involved and they said no now we want you to do a polygraph and he was like yeah sure i'll be there and then what'd he do Moved. not showed up <laughs> but he was now their main suspect got i mean it. he had been the whole time but, but she hadn't come home confirming. you know yeah the expectation of she'll be home in a couple of days give it some time a few days came and then they went and she was still not there. Right. And he was the last person to see her. And that really strange ass letter that really didn't prove anything other than he's weird. And, and I sent you a letter to call me. But I won't call you like the other guy. Yes. And he's alluding to there being this other guy, which there wasn't. Right. There wasn't some other guy calling her. There was none of adding that. a fictional. But third. he probably had already said. Well, she told me about this. You should look into this other guy. I don't know anything about him. I just know he calls inconveniently, right. which because is Because women hate it when you show them that you care and want to talk to them. It's just, you know, he's just a piece of shit. So fucking A. Anyway, October of that year. So 10 months. Holy shit. Later. Her remains were found by hunters. Her body was badly decomposed, but they were somehow able to at least tell how she died. Okay. Which was something that she was strangled, which is on par with what he is into. And her clothes were not found with or on her body. So it seems that when she was dumped, she was not clothed. So also on par with him leaving, you know, so it, and again, this all happened before Laura. Right. But this is the most, to me, directly linked to him person. Oh, and also, she was in his note cards. I don't know her that well. I just... Fucking... I know. I know. I hate him. I hate him. So, investigators were closing in on him. I don't look good in orange. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And he finally did do the polygraph. Okay. Um. But he failed on every single question about Deborah. Yeah. But he also knew because he researched and was smart. And I mean, nowadays, I think we all know. And especially if you're listening to a true crime podcast. Yeah, baby, you know. uh, You know (laughs) that a polygraph is not enough 
to, you can't convict you can't use that in court you can't like no. convict somebody on that it might be a good place to start to maybe see what questions people are uncomfortable around and maybe that gives you room to dig and a direction to start in but that's not going to like you can't stop there right it's not a valid and reliable instrument to convict someone of murder no. over. and you like that's not admissible you can't use that and so right. while he failed every question he's like peace out bitches and then he filed a complaint against the police department for harassment Brother, I know them asking you to participate in an investigation is not harassment. I know, but they said sorry, harassment. Allie and I always say it funny. We just joke and say harassment. Although I think some people actually mean it when they say harassment. I just say harassment, but that's me. Put the ass in harassment. Oh yeah, you do. Thank you. But all that this sort of like harassment complaint that he put in did, it just kept pausing and starting the investigation because they'd have to stop and then like internal affairs would have to come right, in investigate and, and make sure that there's not harassment yes and when they were like oh you were just following protocol please proceed and then they would do it again and he's like that's harassment and they were like well one second let's see no you just asked him if he could come in that's not harassment okay you know and they yeah. kind of went around and around so it really just kept starting and stopping the timer and then he moved fucking guy right Ultim- fucking guy <laughs> Ultimately, they could not link him lawfully to her murder okay, or any others, any others. And again, I said that at the top, just so you know, he was not convicted for any right. of these murders. There are countless other women that he is presumed to have killed. And those are just the ones that we know. Right. Like that we can, that have been tied to him. That we see the link, the note card, whatever. But there's also... 29-year-old Patty Lou Volansky of Mims, Florida. Oh, wow. 25-year-old Nancy K. Brown, who was from, is it Rantoul, Illinois? Don't know. Probably. Uh, she had disappeared while she was um, in Florida on vacation. 16-year-old Cheryl Ann Windsor. Wow. 20-year-old Diane Lee Casey. 21-year-old Navy clerk Carol Ann Molnar. She was from Virginia, and there were so many more. Oh, my gosh. These women's credit cards or IDs were found in his work desk. Ugh. And or their names were found in his note cards. And then there were sexually explicit photos of him with women found in his workplace, like in the desk and oh. everything. So he kept these records of things. But so it was like every person who survived him was like he was very violent and ridiculous and took things way too far and was into just some like shit that they weren't in they themselves weren't into and the arrest didn't survive him it seemed like that those were the two it wasn't like he was like he was so passionate and told me he loved me he was like i have to yell at you and if we're not fighting then i can't fuck you and that is like so not a healthy no way to cope with emotions you know what um Sex therapy actually sounds great for that. Correct. And there's great providers for that. There are. And if you're a Survivor fan, there are some that are even in fucking Iowa. So while Mm -hmm. he was in that Midwest area, he wasn't that far off. Well, look at you. Sorry. (laughs) uh, One of the winners on Survivor was a sex therapist. Um, You are still binging that, huh? Uh, Yes. I love Survivor. Anyway. As we kind of looked at all of the places he'd lived and 
where it's believed he could have committed murders Mm -hmm. it's pretty much virginia ohio maryland pennsylvania dc florida pretty much you name it he probably killed someone there laura was by far not his first there's no fucking way hey you don't come up with a ruse i want to say that well planned because it it seems planned i don't know anyone that would be able to come into the car after going out and looking for something and dig around and automatically know exactly what they're going to do to subdue somebody sitting in their passenger seat without raising attention to it in the middle of the day. Oh, of course. Um, I'm sure it would have been easier for him if she had just said, yes, I'll come in with you. But he didn't skip a beat. And then just the sheer atrocity of what he was doing, the confidence with which he did it. There, there's no fucking way. There's zero way. No. And while Laura wasn't his first, she was his last. Good. And we can at least be happy with that. Or I will take that. close to that as we can be. And he's even quoted as saying that they'd never be able to link him to more crimes. So very, very specifically, he didn't say, I didn't commit any other ones. Yes. It's, you will never find a link from me to them it's like when you say did you take my leftovers and you go you'll never prove it it's like Mm -hmm. okay that's not what i asked exactly (laughs) so as a result john accepted a plea yeah this was not taken to trial which for laura's sake to me was the best thing that could have happened yeah well it depends on what his plea was but 25 to life but Uh, we'll get we'll get there he had kidnapping and the rape charges and all of this kind of happened in 1986. Robert Ressler suspected actually that he would serve less Interesting. Than, than that sentence because he said he would be of such good behavior while incarcerated. Right. He will earn good behavior and he will get out. And he was right. Yep. Because in 1996, just 10 years into his 25 to life he was released on parole why wouldn't he be which is infuriating men are so good in prison when there are no women to rape and murder if that is your mo is raping and harming and drinking the blood of women and there's no women in prison with you then you will be a model fucking inmate as we like to say here um so Go fuck yourself. That good behavior in there didn't mean good behavior out here. Right. Okay. But no one wanted him. Malabar, Florida said, fuck you. No way. Love. And they wouldn't let him live there, which was good on them. I didn't know you could do that, but that's pretty cool. Uh, His wife had divorced him. Fuck yeah. Which was good. But even only after he was convicted, I wish she got incarcerated for this too, because she made light of it. And she was like, it was a gentle rape. Like what? Uh, and it's like, are you so victimized that that has warped its way in your brain that you think also, that's okay? Or are you as devoid of humanity that you think that's okay? I. It was just a little rape. It wasn't a big one. Like, what's the big deal? Like, that was sort of like the, the side course. Okay. Like, that was sort of her defense of him. And e- whether she was terrified of him and felt like she had to say something like that, whether she was so victimized that it really was in her mind not that bad, 
or she was as evil as he is. I don't know. But ultimately, she did divorce him, which was great. His mom didn't even want him. His Good. mom, when he got out, she was like, fuck no. Um, and so without a stable address, uh, he was kind of considered like a flight risk. And so they were like, you need to go to a halfway house. And so he did. And then on his first day out in the real world again, he was drug tested and he tested positive for what? Marijuana. It was the marijuana's brother that led to him breaching this parole, but also was his third strike. Yes. Because it was a <gasps> felony then. Yes. And so he was sent back to prison to serve the rest of his sentence. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I've never been so happy that someone's been incarcerated over weed. Wow. But I've really never felt it before, but this. Yes, it's a first for me, but I'm fucking glad. And but, but it shouldn't have been. So what? He had to be dumb to take like three hits. Also, like, to get like your first fucking day, dude. Well, and he was like, he was like, oh, it was, uh, must have been a contact high. I was around people that. That's not come how on, that dude. works. Like, no. And what, what is really funny? And I don't well, know she how. She was drinking alcohol next to me. That's why it's in my blood. Uh, yeah, Fuck right. you, dude. <laughs> I wonder too if, um, <laughs> it's kind of funny if they drug tested him when he was leaving prison or something because part of me wonders if like they had it in prison and right. he smoked it but then he gets out and tests positive for it that and they were like very you're funny. away but it's like you still did it man yeah so bye bye now um so Just throw out that key as awful as it is that he was let out in the first place because in my opinion he should have never seen the light of day nope. let alone like be able to go outside again and live as a free man um or the extent of free that he would have had um very pleased that it was taken away from him before he could harm anybody else and right. we know he would have done that wow so um he was actually going to rot in the hole that he deserved to be in which Hooray. is great and then we fast forward to march 30th 2002 okay john brennan crutchley was found dead in his cell mm. uh he had this fucking really bothers me he had a bag around his head and had died of autoerotic asphyxiation meaning that he died in a sexually gratifying way and on his own terms when he deserved neither of those things <sighs> but i hope that he is rotting in hell and that every awful thing he did to somebody else was done 10 times over to him in the least appealing way to him possible and that he has the remainder of time on fire. I hope so. I am praying for no fire extinguishers. Correct. Praying for... They don't make those in hell. They don't deliver. Amazon's not that quick. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Oh, damn. They lose yeah. their two-day streak, huh? No. Fuck that. It's probably good for their van drivers, though, actually. Let them take a bathroom break. But, wow. Well, this sucked. Yes, and so while I have no doubt the man we just talked about was a serial killer, yeah. he's not even convicted of one murder. Fucking guy. So this is, uh, you know, kind of goes on track with our 70s and 80s kind of um, yeah. what the fuck happened in those decades kind of thing. And, uh... Wow. Yep. Wow, wow, wow. Yes. 
so uh we hate him we we hope that someday and and it's those families that those cases are unsolved it's like i know we know that it is but those families deserve to have his name they directly linked to that yeah and i'm sure at this point if these were the parents of the kids that died that were in there you know that were likely killed in the 60s 70s you know right they might not still be here so you hope that other family members are able to receive that closure through some kind of confirmation that this is what happened i hope that we can get to a point we're evolved enough in science where so many of these colder cases are just things that you know but you can't prove it well and that's the it can come out it's the beauty and the horror honestly of scientific development because it's kind of torturing yourself with a carrot on a stick but the carrot is so old it's disintegrating and we know it's a carrot and we can see it's a carrot but damn it the dna just isn't viable and i i sit and i put myself in the the seat of those family members who don't know who know but don't know oh yeah and to have to sit there and I think about right after they go missing, right? And you sit there and you white knuckle onto that hope that this is a runaway, that you're overreacting, that she's going to come home in five minutes and say, oh my gosh, you'll never believe what just happened. And then proceed to tell you a story about the day that I had where her car breaks down and she gets help from a friendly police officer. And oh, now she, now she, she is. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's a part of you that knows that that probably isn't, what's happening but you're white knuckling it because you need it to be the case because it has to be and then as days go on that disintegrates and suddenly you're not white knuckling any hope you're just in a fist and there's nothing and then finally one fucking day 10 months after they find her body and they can tell you awful things about how she died but that's it but they can do nothing to get the person who did it and that is so devastating and i don't want to say it's more devastating than not knowing i can't possibly know that and i'm grateful that i haven't been in that situation to find out but from an outside perspective that seems worse than not knowing i i'd want the confirmation but then i'd I'd want real answers yeah i mean luckily they could lay her to rest and know that they had her home yeah in that way but that gets you so far. Right. And then it's, what are we going to do about the person that did this in the first place? And how awful it is to be the grandparents knowing that they lived miles from the man that they know. Yeah. They know killed their granddaughter who waved to them on her way by. Right. Not knowing it was the last time she'd see them. It's just, it's awful. Yeah. It is. It's awful. And hopefully we get to a point where these things can be confirmed. And there's so many more names than what I read to you at the end. Laura's case is what we know. And through her sheer perseverance and resilience and strength is the reason he was stopped in the first place. Right. We wouldn't know what he did or suspect what he did had it not been for her. And 
him getting caught and pds had been looking into him they had like he had been on their radar but they just had nothing and you can't make something of nothing right and so it was just waiting until you have something concrete and you're always looking for him but you can't find anything and he was so good at putting away anything that would lead you i mean but the letter and what the, the like he thought a few moves ahead he didn't it was like he would tell partial truths yeah like he would yeah she was here it wasn't like no i haven't seen her and then they can say well we know you saw her and then oh that all falls it was like she was here and then this is what happened i was asleep i woke up she was kind of mad i was sleeping and she left yes here's the part you can't ask her about i hate him i am so grateful and impressed and i think the best word is maybe just in awe of laura I don't know that I would have had the strength at 19 to go see my whole boyfriend break up with him across the country of all things. Even then, like knowing me, I would have been like, oh, OK, I'm I'm going on my flight tomorrow. Let's break up. Like mm-hmm. just to even have that confidence and strength at that age to then go through one of the most horrific experiences someone can go through and have something so sacred and special to you taken by this fucking pig. And then shimmy out a fucking window when you're 40% dead. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then to continue to tell that story to more strangers again and again without even your mom there to hold your fucking hand. I know it. And that, like... <sighs> like, she... And again, I am so on board. Like, she wants to be left alone. Leave her the fuck alone. She does not need more of this. But... It's stuff like that that I'm just like, can I Venmo you something? Like, can I get you a coffee? Like a hug? I, I want to I, I wanna have a girl's day with her. Yes. I want to do face Ooh. masks and we can have wine and we can watch garbage, stupid TV and we can talk about none of the shit. Yes. But just like she deserves a day. Yeah. And she, she deserves a lot of those. Turn that brain off for a minute. You deserve to live outside of that for a sec. Even take away the... Uh, I guess strangulation and take away the sexual assault if you were held captive and someone put a needle in your arm took your blood and drank it in front of you that in and of itself that isolated singular experience is fucking jarring add in those other elements and the fact that he smiles at you through red teeth that are only red because it's your blood in his mouth on fucking camera and he just says and you say what are you doing and he says i'm drinking your blood i'm a vampire like no no you're about to be a sick man yeah because you're not supposed to do that also i hate to tell you you can't have too much iron and my man's you have it like he's gonna have a bellyache yeah good he deserves all the terrible belly aches and worse but with that, we will wrap up our episode. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Please don't forget to check out our Instagram where you can see the people we talk about, the places we talk about. We have a resources tab that is there for you and anybody that you want to share it with. We don't see it if you screenshot or share it or send it to a friend. Um, they are there for you by us because we love you and we're giving you little kisses on your cute little forehead and the atfdc fam wouldn't be the same without cha duh we need you here so you gotta take care of yourself babe come on 
Now, if you did want to see all of that, the people, the places, the things, the highlights, the reels, the memes, all the good, good, you can find that on our Instagram at about time for true crime pod with periods in between every word. So that is A-B-O-U-T period, T-I-M-E period, F-O-R period, T-R-U-E period, C-R-I-M-E period, P-O-D because podcast was too long. But if you wanted to send us anything else, like your case recommendations, pod pets, your hopes, your dreams, how much you hate this fucker, you can definitely do that to our email. But Allie, where would they send that? So if you wanted to email us, you would do that to about time, the number four, tc at gmail.com. So that's A-B-O-U-T-T-I-M-E, numeric four, tc at gmail.com. Send us your pod pets, your case recommendations, your opinions on things. You've got it. We want to hear it. We can't wait to hear from you. And I think that's all I got. Don't forget to rate, review, follow, subscribe, subscribe. tell a friend, whatever. Leave a comment down below. I'm yes. just kidding. Ring uh, the bell so you never miss another video. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we love you so much. And if yes. I take a look at my clock, I think that was about, about time for true crime. Bye. Bye. Fucking guy, dude. <laughs> Why you give me shit like this? Isn't it awful? It's bad.